No? This has been an interesting week for me. Quickly share with you that all of my notes for today's teaching and all the notes I've had for teachings that I've done in the past were on a computer. And the word crash came about suddenly on Monday and my computer crashed. And I have struggled all week <laughs> trying to get things back together so that I could be here and uh, the Lord provided. I was able to pirate off some information from a very fine, well-educated individual, Dr. David Reagan from the Lamb Lion Ministry. Some of you may know of his work. But this is not my original creation. This is something that I plagiarized, I confess. But you know what? The Word of God is the Word of God. And if you read from Paul or Philip or Peter, their word didn't change. So we're going to talk this morning about what the Bible says about the Lord's return, the blessed hope. The Jews call it the blessed hope. It is our blessed hope. Scriptures make it very clear that we don't know when the Lord's coming. But it makes it equally clear that we can know the season of the Lord's return. And you'll find in the scriptures in uh, second, uh, excuse me, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, I'm going to read basically starting at verse 2. For you yourselves know full well that the day of the Lord will come just like a thief in the night. While they are saying peace and safety, then destruction will come upon them suddenly like labor pains upon a woman with child, and they will not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, that, day should not overtake, should, that the day should overtake you like a thief. For you're all sons of the light and sons of day, and we are not of night nor of darkness. So then let us not sleep as others, but let us be alert and sober. This sleeping that they talk about, that he's talking about, is sometimes we get so comfortable as Christians, we forget that there's a world of people outside of this church right now. They're your neighbors, they're your friends, they're the people that you work with, they're your relatives. And so I'm going to ask you a quick question. The Lord just kind of gave this to me. Today, if you knew tomorrow the world would end, that Jesus was coming back tomorrow, who would you go tell? when you leave church today. What if you knew that for sure? Of course you don't, but then you don't know for sure that it isn't gonna to happen tomorrow either. Tomorrow may be the last day that someone takes a breath on earth. I have found in my own life that people that I've talked to died the next day. And when you get my age, that's not uncommon. We're only given a limited time on earth, and our friends and our relatives and our children and our fathers and mothers pass away. So I'm going to ask you, think about this for the rest of this message. Who would you go and tell tomorrow that the world was going to end? That you knew that for sure, that their life on earth was either going to be spent in heaven or in hell? Who do you care enough about to tell? Okay, this passage asserts that Jesus is coming like a thief in the night, but is this mic on? I'm getting an echo back here, guys. 
But then it proceeds to make it clear that this will be true only for the pagan world and not for the believers. His return should be no surprise to those of us who know him and know his word, because we have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit to give us understanding of the nature of the times, and that's what it means. We are children of the light and day. Furthermore, the scriptures give us many, many signs to watch for, signs that will signal that Jesus is ready to return. I'm going to direct you to Luke 21, 7 through 23, very clear passage. I'd suggest that you read that carefully. Time doesn't permit for me to read all of these scriptures, but you know where they are. The writer of the Hebrew letter refers to these signs when he proclaimed that believers should encourage one another when they see the day of the judgment drawing near. And Jesus referred uh, to the end of times in his Olivet Discourse in Matthew 24, 3 through 33 given during the last week of his life. Speaking on a whole series of signs which he had given to his disciples, he said, when you see these things happening, recognize that the Son of Man, that is Jesus, is near, right at the door. Well, things are starting to get crazy out in the world today. In the short term, the past four years, we experienced a period of relative stability. Things were pretty good. We didn't have a major war starting. We did have some things going on in the late 2020 and on into 2021 that have caused some grief. Um, but those things, have, those things are part and parcel of what changes. I'm going to share with you some instances in a minute, but I'd like you to take a listen to this. Global events will soon accelerate and much chaos is on the horizon. However, that certainly doesn't mean that nothing of importance is happening at the moment. I'm going to share with you seven plagues that are hitting our planet right now. I did not know this. I don't know if you knew it. But a plague of millions of rats, are infest rats and mice, are infesting Australia. Now imagine having so many rats infesting your community that it's impossible to ever get away from the smell. Right now, millions upon millions of rats are making lives miserable for countless residents of Australia. In some instances, it's literally taking hours just to clean up all the poop they leave behind. Mice in the cabinets, mice in the streets, thousands upon thousands of mice in the, in the barn. So much it takes hours to clean up their, their waste. These are scenes from Queensland and New South Wales, Australia, where out-of-control mouse infestation is making life miserable for farmers, grocers, and other citizens of the eastern Australian states. Needless to say, it isn't just poop that's the concern. At this point, many farmers in Australia have already lost the entire grain harvest of the rampaging mice. Some farmers have already lost their entire har harvest, according to the local media. Do you know, we start talking about plagues, and suddenly famine becomes one of those things we have to consider. When the grain of the entire farm population of that area is eaten by out-of-control rats and mice, it causes them not, those grains not to be available for people. Second thing, the mega drought in southwestern United States. Excuse me. Excuse me. Number two, the large earthquakes that are going on in the, uh, in the world today. According to the services that keep track of these things, usually they get about 15 earthquakes of magnitude 7.0 or greater. So far in 2021, we've already had seven that are magnitude seven or greater, 
And that includes a magnitude 7.0 and earthquake that just shook Japan. By the way, you can go online and Google these things. Just put in large earthquakes and there is a page dedicated to the daily number of earthquakes that are taking place in the world. Simple. There were 45 yesterday. Now they weren't magnitude 7.0 or 8.0, but there were 45 earthquakes yesterday alone. Yesterday alone. There were over 5,300 in 2020. Lives are lost. We read about the ones, only read about the ones where buildings have collapsed on top of people and lives are lost. But the minor ones cause grief as well. Number three, volcanoes are roaring to life all over the globe. According to the volcano discovery, 45 volcanoes all around the planet are currently erupting right now. Right now. One more sign of the times. Plagues, famines, earthquakes, volcanoes erupting. Amazing. There's an earthquake called Fagradals Mountain Volcano in southwest Iceland. It had been dormant for 6,000 years. But Friday night, following weeks of earthquakes, it came to life. Destruction. Major destruction follows volcanoes and earthquakes. Closer to home in the southwestern United States, there's a drought that's been going on for all of 2020 in the southwestern area, and it continues now into the first part of the year, and they, can, they anticipate that because of the El Nino, we are going to see a drought continue in the southwest for the year 2021. When you can't find water for crops, crops suffer. And when you can't have crops, you don't have food. Another indicator of famine that is coming to this country. Nearly two-thirds of the United States is either abnormally dry or worse. And the government's spring forecast offers little hope for relief. Really bad. More food destruction. I've told you about this in previous times when I've been given this pulpit to share, but in 2020, giant armies of locusts the size of major cities relentlessly marched across parts of Africa, the Middle East, and Asia. Millions of farmers that had, their crop, had, had their crops wiped out, and exper experts told us it was unlike anything they'd ever seen, but that was only supposed to be a one-year plague, but now it's happening again currently in 2021. A single locust swarm can contain 80 million locusts and fly 30 to 40 miles in one day, depending on the wind. By the time spraying planes arrive at the WhatsApp coordinates where they were, they're gone. It was often too late. The locusts had warmed up in the morning sun and moved off to the wilderness, laying millions of eggs. Every day, each locust can eat its weight in vegetation and multiplies 20-fold every three months. A swarm can easily eat as much food as 35,000 people in a single day. That's more than you guys. A swarm of locusts can eat more than you guys, and that's saying something. <clears throat> Multiply that two dozen times in three months. 
All of the above had the characteristics of destroying our food supply. Famine. What about plagues and pestilence? Well, we all know about the H5N8 bird flu. We had that little epidemic. It's pretty well fatal. It kills 60% of the people that are afflicted with it. But they discovered H5N8 bird flu in Russia, started up again, and in Saudi Arabia and parts of Central Asia. These are times that we are living in, not 20 years ago, not back in the bubonic plague age, now, right now. The COVID pandemic. Although people are being vaccinated at a feverish pace all over the globe, not just here, but everywhere, the number of confirmed cases in Brazil is higher than ever before. And experts are telling us that the fourth wave has begun in Europe. Could it poss be possible that the vaccines are not going to be the saviors that so many people are anticipating? At this point, and this was some time ago, this article was written a while back. At this point, more than 2.7 million victims have already died from COVID and more are passing away every single day. We live in a time that everything that can be shaken will be shaken, and what we've experienced so far is just the beginning. Every time I think of the signs of times, I'm reminded that a great man of God named Esther Albert Peake had gone home to be the Lord. Dr. Reagan had had the privilege of participating with him in a Bible prophecy conference held in Orlando in the early 1990s. Mr. Peake was about 80 years old at the time he'd been assigned to the topic, The Signs of the Times, and he began his presentation by observing 60 years ago, and you know, folks, unless you're 80, you can't say something about 60 years ago. 60 years ago, when I first started preaching, you had to scratch around like a chicken to find one sign of the Lord's soon return. He then paused for a moment and added, but today there are so many signs that I'm no longer looking for them. Instead, I'm listening for the sound, the sound of a trumpet. Since the time of the Balfour Declaration in 1970, we've witnessed throughout the 20th century the appearance of sign after sign after sign pointing to the Lord's soon return. There are so many of these signs, in fact, that one would have to be either biblically illiterate or spiritually blind not to realize we are living on borrowed time. Here are six categories of the end times. The first category of the end times sign is the signs of nature. Luke 21, 11, Jesus mentioned this category when he said, and there will be great earthquakes and various places, plagues and famines, and there will be terrors and great signs from heaven. We just discussed those things which Jesus mentioned and recorded and was recorded by Dr. Luke. This category of, has always been the least respected even among the believers. The mere mention of it usually evokes a sneer saying, well, we've always had these things. What else is new? There have always been earthquakes and tornadoes and hurricanes and volcanoes. It's true, there always have been, but not like they have been lately. The second category of the end times is a sign of society. Pastor mentioned this early in a conversation. Paul mentioned this category of signs in 2 Timothy 3 when he wrote these words. But realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will, difficult times will come. 
For men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revelers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Timothy was being told that by Paul. This passage sounds like a typical evening newscast. Notice the three things it says people will love at the end times. Self, money, and pleasure. The love of self is humanism. The belief that man can accomplish anything on his own. It is the religion of the end times. The love of money is materialism. When humanism is your religion, your God will always be money. By the way, one of the things that we learned about relationship with God is one of the first things we learned to give God control over is our money. If you give everything to God but your money, you haven't given everything to God. Think about it. The love of pleasure is the third love that is mentioned, and that is hedonism. It's a lifestyle that always produced by humanism and materialism. But God cannot be mocked. He therefore sees it when, it be, when his people be, choose humanism, materialism, and hedonism. The pay, payoff is always nihilism, which is a fancy philosophical word for despair. When you only have what you have and what you know and what you can see and touch to rely on, you are truly a desperate despair, person in despair. There is simply nothing else to reach for. Need I emphasize that our world is wallowing in despair today? We live in a society that's plagued by abortion. I heard this morning, in the United States, we have killed 70 million innocent children in the womb since Roe v. Wade, 70 million. We live in a society that's plagued by abortion, sexual perversion, domestic violence, child molestation, blasphemy, pornography. The United States is one of the biggest exporters of pornography in the world today. I, <laughs> I think we fit right in there with the harlot of Babylon in that respect. Alcoholism, drug abuse, and gambling. Like the days of the judges of the Old Testament, people are doing what is right in their own eyes, and the result is that the people are calling evil good and good evil. The third category of the end time signs is the spiritual signs, and there are more signs in this category than any other. Many are evil in nature, but there are also some very positive ones. Concerning the negative signs, a typical passage is following one found in 2 Timothy 4, where it says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in, in accordance with their own desires, and will turn away their ears from the truth and turn aside into myths. True story. Some of the negative spiritual signs that are specifically prophesied, including following false Christs. In a study we did here at the church year before last, we determined that there's been over a hundred false Christs in the last hundred years. The one that Jesus mentioned most frequently was false Christ and their cultic groups. 
And the fulfillment of that prophecy we have experienced in a literal explosion of cults since 1850. Groups like the, the Jehovah's Witnesses and the Mormons. But praise God we're found, we're told that there will be some very positive spiritual signs in the end times. And the most important one is that prophesied in many, many places the great outpouring of the Holy Spirit. This outpouring actually began at the dawn of the 20th century and proved to be one of the greatest spiritual surprises and blessings of the century. You see, when the 20th century began, the prevailing viewpoint among both Catholics and Protestants regarding the Holy Spirit was what was called cessationalism. This, ver this view held that the gifts of the Spirit ceased when the last apostle died. <clears throat> it was a belief that the Holy Spirit had retired in the first century. But the 20th century had hardly gotten started when Holy Spirit revival broke out at the Bethel Bible College in Topeka, Kansas in 1901. Three years later, a similar Holy Spirit revival swept Wales and began to spread worldwide. In 1906, the Spirit fell with a great power on a humble black preacher in Los Angeles named William J. Seymour and the Azusa Street Revival, as it, became, as it came to be known, continued for four years and gave birth to the Pentecostal movement. The Bible prophecies two great outpourings of the Spirit and symbolically pictures them as early and latter rains, based on the two rainy seasons of Israel. The early rain occurred at Pentecost in the first century when the church was established. The latter rain was prophesied to occur after the Jewish people had been reestablished in their homeland. And accordingly, the latter rain began with the Pentecostal movement, just as God began to regather re the Jews to their homeland under the visionary leadership of Theodore Herzl. But the rain did not become a downpour until after the reestablishment of the state of Israel in May of 1948, just as prophesied by Joel. First came the anointing of Billy Graham's ministry in 1949, followed by the Christianity followed by the charismatic movement in the 1960s. Today, most of Christianity, whether Pentecostal or charismatic or traditional, fully recognize the ministry of the Holy Spirit is alive and well in, in, in the validity of the spiritual gifts. And I can go on. But in the, in the consideration of time, I'm not going to. Trust me to, when I say to you that the Holy Spirit is alive and well on planet Earth, and those of you who seek him, find him. Amen. The answer is to yield to him when you find him. <clears throat> Daniel said in, he didn't understand what the angel was telling him in Daniel 12, where the prophet complains to the Lord that he doesn't understand the prophecies that have been entrusted to him. And the Lord's response was, don't worry about it. Just write the prophecies. They've been sealed up until the end times. In other words, the Bible teaches that many of the end times prophecies will not be understood until the time comes for them to be fulfilled. And that is exactly what has been happening in the past hundred years. Historical developments and scientific inventions are now making it possible for us to understand end time prophecies that have never been understood before. As an example, all of the end time prophecy resolves around the nation of Israel. But how could those prophecies be understood as long as Israel did not exist and there was no prospect that a nation would ever exist again? This is the reason that Hal Lindsey's book, The Late Great Planet Earth, became such a phenomenal bestseller, bestseller in the 1970s. 
for the first time and explained the events prophesied in the book of Revelation in natural terms and people could easily understand them. The fourth category of the end time signs is the signs of world politics. Jesus mentioned that category in Matthew 24 when he said, you will be hearing of wars and rumors of wars for nations will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. The Bible prophesies a very specific end time configuration of the world politics. The nation of Israel is pictured as being reestablished in its homeland, done, surrounded by hostile Arab nations, done, and this, of course, has been the situation in the Middle East since the Israel Declaration of Independence in May of 1948. The magnitude of warfare in the 20th century is another fulfillment of the end time prophecy related to world politics. The 20th century was one of unparalleled war. Like birth pangs, the, 20th, the frequency and intensity of war increased exponentially. It is now estimated that more people died in wars during the 20th century than in all the previous wars throughout all recorded human history. And what we see right now, if we open our eyes and we read what's happening right now, and I'm no prophet, but I can pretty well estimate we're gonna be in another war. Israel's gonna be a war in the Middle East before the end of this presidential term. Right now, Iran, China, and Russia are conspiring against those of us they call the, the big Satan and the little Satan, Israel and the United States. We can read China and Russia are flexing their muscles. They have no respect for the United States. They basically told us in Alaska, we've heard it all before. Go peddle your wares somewhere else. We're talking about getting back in the uh, Iranian nuclear agreement. Terrible. Israel is saying it's a bad move. They told us it was a bad move before. Iran is not going to play by the rules. They're going to play by their rules. Their rules say we will annihilate Israel from the face of the earth. They don't want to play by rules. That's why Palestinians will not work with any kind of a joint arrangement. They don't want Israel involved in sharing land. They want all the land of Israel. Dangerous times we live in, folks. Fifth category of signs is the signs of technology. Wondered how we're going to be able to see the two dead witnesses? We can see them now on television around the world via satellite. Wonder how we can travel from this place to that place instantly? We can do that, no problem. We have the capability of traveling now that is so far superior to what we had in the early 1900s. You know, truthfully, you can find pictures, and I have seen them, I actually showed them in a class, where the uh, major job in New York City was cleaning up the horse manure because there were no cars. You talk about air pollution. Well, they didn't have air pollution. They had street pollution. There were no cars, just horses. We are now driving cars and have, a, have the cars with a capability of going excessively fast. And I don't drive that fast anymore, but I used to. 
The development of nuclear weapons seems to be foreshadowed by the prophecy in Luke 21 that speaks of people fainting from fear due to the powers of the heavens being shaken. The incredible carnage of the seal of trumpet judgments portrayed in chapters 6 and 8 of the book of Revelation indicates that the Antichrist will conquer the world through the use of nuclear weapons. We are told one-third of the earth will be burned and one-half of humanity will be killed. Six category of the signs of the signs of Israel, example signs can be found in Zechariah. And it shall come to, to pass in that day that it will make, I will make Jerusalem a heavy stone for all the peoples and all who lift it will be severely injured and all the nations of the earth will be gathered against us. The signs that relate to Israel are most important of all because the Jews are God's prophetic time clock. And what I mean by this is the scriptures will often be a often tie a prophesied future event with something that will happen to the Jews. We are told to watch the Jews and when the prophesied event concerning them occurs, we can be sure that the other prophesied events will also occur. An example can be found in Luke 21:24, when Jesus prophesied the Jews would be dispersed from Jerusalem, led captive among all the nations, and then he added that one day they would return to reoccupy Jerusalem and when that happens, the end time offense will occur that will lead to his return. Well, they did that in 1948, they became a state. There are many, many prophecies concerning the Jews in the end times, many of which began to be fulfilled in the 20th century, but there are four key ones. The first is their worldwide regathering and unbelief, which you can read about in Isaiah 11. In 1900, there were 40,000 Jews in Palestine. By the end of the World War II, the number had risen to 600,000, and today there are more than six and a half million who have come from all over the world and returned to, to uh, Israel. That means there are more Jews in Israel now than there, were, than, they were killed, than there were killed in the Holocaust. The second key prophecy concerning the Jews is a natural consequence establishment of their state, which occurred in May 14, 1948. The third key prophecy is the reoccupation of Jerusalem, which occurred on June 7, 1967, during the Six-Day War. The fourth key prophecy, the one whose fulfillment we are witnessing today, the refocusing of world politics upon the nation of Israel. You virtually cannot read about any news without seeing that Israel is playing a portion of it. They've either uh, caused a computer virus to infect the Iranians. They either bombed or destroyed with the help of people inside of Iran, the nuclear reactors. They, I think they just destroyed eight of them or put them out of commission. Um, Iran is retaliating by, by um, attacking a ship of Israel's in the, in the Gulf. It's it's getting to the point now where the shooting war is almost impossible to avoid. <clears throat> All the nations of the world, including the United States, are coming against Israel over the issue of control of the nation's capital. Not anymore. Thanks to President Trump, we have acknowledged the capital of Israel is Jerusalem. And a few other countries have placed their embassies there as well. But the European Union is determined to divide it between Arabs and Jews, and the Arabs want all of it. Israel says they'll never surrender any of it. Good for them. It's theirs. God gave it to them. 
I've summarized six different categories of signs, each category containing many prophecies con containing the, concerning the end times, all of which are being fulfilled before our very eyes. Let me conclude now by noting another that there are another 50 of those prophecies. And folks, I've got all 50 of them listed here. I'm not going to read all 50 of them to you, but I'd be happy to show them to you. In fact, anyone who'd like to know about all 50 of those can contact me and I'll send you this, this report via my computer that now has everything saved on it again, which was a child. So, I'm going to conclude here shortly, right after I get through with the next hours of reading, okay? The list could have been greatly expanded from 50, but the 50 examples I've given to you should be sufficient to show we're living in this season of the Lord's return. The Bible clearly teaches that God never pours out his wrath without warning, for he is a just and loving God who does not wish that any should perish. That's why he's provided so many signs to alert us of the fact that we're living on the, of the threshold of the tribulation. Believe it or not, after listing all these signs of the times, I still have one more um, major concept to, to share. Collectively, the signs of Israel are all the most important category, but there's one more sign that does not fit into any individual category because it overreaches all the categories, and it's the most important sign of all. What I have in mind is the sign of convergence. The fact that all of these signs are converging now, at this time in history. There have been other times when things have gone on. For instance, in May, Israel came back and became a state. And there's earthquakes and other times. But all of these things are coming together now, at this time. They're converging for the first time. The bottom line message of all these signs that we're living on borrowed time. And the crucial question for every human being is, are you ready? Are you ready for the return of Jesus? Will he come as your blessed hope or of your holy terror? It will be one or the other, for God is determined to deal with sin, and he does so with either grace or wrath. And if you have put your faith in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then you are under God's grace. Your sins have been forgiven and forgotten, and you can look forward with confidence to that glorious day when Jesus will appear in the heavens. But if you have never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are under the wrath of God, and you have nothing to look forward to except the terror of his wrath. The choice is yours. I personally cannot underestimate or understand why anyone would turn their back on God's free gift of grace through the faith in his Son, I have placed my faith in Jesus, and I therefore am able to look forward to his soon return with great anticipation and expectation. Accordingly, all that is within me cries out, Maranatha, Maranatha, come quickly, Lord Jesus. I want to ask you as I close, are you able to say with complete trust in your heart, Maranatha, come Lord Jesus, if you aren't, you can be. You can do that today. It can be part and parcel of your life from this time forward. And I'm specifically looking out to the people who are watching 
on YouTube and Facebook at this point. Make that decision. If you have not made that decision, you can make it easily. Simply say, Lord Jesus, I confess that I'm a sinner. I accept you as my Lord and Savior, and I ask you to come into my heart today. He will. And then if you need help, contact any good Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church. Contact us. Contact Pastor Joe. Contact Pastor Joel. Contact me. Contact any of the people who know and love the Lord Jesus Christ, and they'll help you. If you do know the Lord Jesus, I'm going to see you here, I'm going to see you there, I'm going to see you in the air. God bless you all. Thank you.